Oh, baby, we are live on the um, we are live. If I can speak on the Dynasty Roundtable, and you know what, Tyler? It's Valentine's Day, and I, we tried like mad to get more people on this show. Not that it's not that you're not enough, Tyler. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I but you know it. what I mean? Like we tried Matt Babich on a Valentine's Day date with his girlfriend. So hope ho, you know no no issues there. Cody Carpet, we try to get Cody Carpentier on the show. Uh, no, no luck. And Maddie Kiwum, same story. But hey, man, we showed up for the people on on Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I planned my my dinner plans around this show because mm-hmm. so I I had dinner last night so I could be on the show for today. I'm a I'm a step ahead of the game per usual, obviously, but it's dedicated to the Dynasty Roundtable ta- and dedicated to talking top twelve. Dynasty running backs, interesting class. We were talking about it in the in the pre-show a little bit, but really interesting class for uh, for twenty twenty four. It's not no Bijan, no Jameer, but still still a lot of guys I like that I think I think this this class is getting a little bit too much hate. Um, that's unwarranted in my opinion. I agree, man. And uh, I was gonna make a comment, uh, but my you know my wife would probably hear me like uh, like I would maybe say something like. Yeah, f- f- football is more important than Valentine's Day. Like, I don't know if anybody could hear that, but I can't. I can't. I can't say it too loud because I've. I there have been episodes of this show where I've literally gotten tri- like she's come in here on live and uh, it's like you said what you said what <laughs> what what's what's the matter with you? I'm anyway. So we want to avoid that if we can. Um, and I'd like you know I'd like to stay married. So. Uh, anyway, yeah, you're right though about this class. Uh, it is it, it 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 is interesting. It's perplexing. It is, but it's an important conversation to have, and we're about to have it right now. All right, Tyler. So let's let's get right into it. The 2024 running back rookie running back class is you know, polarizing or not polarizing, depending on how you look at it, depending on how you feel about it. I've, I've seen people like all over the board. You know, I, I've, I've seen some hate, but I've all, I also talked to Matty Kiwum today and he told me, no, this is a good running back class. I really like this class. So where do you, where do you kind of stand with this class? Like if you had to give it a grade, like what, what would you say? Uh, I'd like to see the, the combine numbers first. I think the combine is the biggest event for, the running back position group, especially because speed as a running back feels like it matters a ton, a lot more than it matters for like a wide receiver. Like Jarvis Landry, didn't Jarvis Landry run the slowest 40 of any receiver like ever or something like that? He had a pretty good career for, I mean, came into league, dominated like with the Dolphins, goes to the Browns, does all the things, right? And it's like, it just feels like the the speed score is a big stat that a lot of people care about. Like, I guess if your name is Kyron Williams, then it doesn't apply to you. But mostly for everyone else, I feel like it kind of applies. But as far as this running back class as a whole, like we were saying in the open, uh, people have been spoiled with the the Jameer Gibbs, the Bijan, maybe like the the CMC, ETN, these first-round running backs. Like this class probably doesn't have a first-round running back. I think it would be a surprise to most if the if a running back was drafted in the first round. But like Kenneth Walker, that Brees Hall, that class, they didn't have a first-round running back. It was those two. That both went in round two. And, it, and unlike that class, too, it felt like everybody kind of knew Brees Hall was the top dog. And, like, Kenneth Walker was pretty much the number two behind him. This class, you could you might see someone's RB1 at RB1, and then you might see the same guy at, like, RB5. Like, there's so much parity between the two. Like, the people have guys they like and guys they don't like. And it's a very mix. We got some big bruiser backs, and we got some smaller, like, receiving, like, under, like, six foot back. So it's a really interesting class to, to answer the original question, to give it a grade. If we're calling like last year's class, like just in terms of top tier talent, let's maybe let's give it like an A minus or an A or something like that. I would say I like this class at like a B, B or a B plus. Like I think it's a good class. There's a lot of dudes who I think can make an impact for your team next year. Honestly, like a lot of guys who may, could get some goal line work, a lot of like, like those speed score guys. So I like this class. I think it's around a B. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm kind of in between, um, you know, where Maddie is and, and where like the people who are like, oh, my God, this is one of the worst running back classes ever. Uh, so I, I think I'm kind of like if I had to grade it, probably like a B minus C plus. Like, I know that's kind of a lame grade to give out. I know whenever I got a C plus, I was like, no, oh, OK, whatever. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's true. I, I because I think where the value is in this running back class is, and we're and we'll get into it. Like running, running. Some people's running back sevens could be other people's running back like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, and vice versa. Like we we were going through it today, and we're going to talk about Jalen Wright. Uh, Maddie has him as his RB two. Cody has him at RB seven. Yeah, and just spoil spoiler alert. Right now. I thought I was because I didn't talk to anybody. I just rank them how I how I see how I you know I I call it like I see it, and I have them at RB twelve. So it's like it's all over the place, man. So it's but as we get more information, you know, as when we when the NFL Combine like that's going to be huge here at the end of the month. We'll get a lot more information there. Obviously, when these guys get drafted, we'll see how NFL teams value them. And that's really when these rankings are going to be solidified. But right now, we're we're giving you an early, an early, early bird view of the kind of the running back prospects that we like. And uh, why don't we just jump right into it? And I'm gonna, you know, we're we're gonna use technology here, Tyler. Okay. So let's whenever do it. we let's use technology, it's always all right. So let's. How does that look? I like it. I mean, you, okay. you can zoom in a little bit too, probably, right? Yeah, here, we'll shift this there, and I'll zoom in. But this is, you know, to, so as not to give anything away. Yeah. So that's a little bit better. So I have these blacked out, but these are a top 12. Tyler and I ranked these. Tyler did the top 10. I did the top 12, so I, I, I went a little bit further. So I'm going to go ahead and reveal, like, our first three right now, and then we'll talk about them. So we have agreement at one and two it's that's amazing actually because yeah some, that is crazy some, yeah. some people's rb1 is a little like it's it's all over the place some people have braylon allen at one some people have john i've seen jonathan brooks at one for some people um so talk to me about trey benson and, and then i'll i'll also talk about him when you're done as far as like why he's my rb1 in the class i just Trey Benson's film. So like most of the stuff I I've looked at, I'm kind of just looking at preliminary stats, you know, um, just rushing yards, product productivity, when the productivity came is a big one too. I mean, Trey Benson was at Oregon comes over to Florida state and the, the two years he's at Florida state, the dude dominated. And he, you could argue he's in a really good offense, but I mean, cause they have, they have Jordan Travis, they have Keon Coleman, like they have Gene Bell, who's going to get drafted probably on the tight end. So I just, Trey Benson, when I watch him, it seemed like every single time he touched the ball, like like his highlight tape is just littered with 60-yard touchdown runs, 70-yard touchdown runs, 40-yard touchdown runs. Like this guy is a – is a, he's a home run hitter. He finishes his runs by getting in the end zone. I think it's the biggest thing I liked about him. Uh, his his speed, it, it stands out on the film. His size stands out. Like like I said, that size speed score. Like I think he, he will probably run like – the low four fours or maybe even like the four threes. Like that's how fast this guy is. And for considering how big he is, like that shouldn't even be possible. So I like him for that fact alone. I mean, size, like he's just, a, he's just a, a better athlete than probably most of the other running backs in this class. So I think that's why I have met RB one. Yeah. Just to reiterate what you're talking about. I mean, he's, this is, we're talking about like, and some of the measurements like are, are up in the air. Like I'm, I'm looking at Trey Benson on our side. It's like four, four, eight, and then on uh, other sites, it's like four, three, seven. Yeah. So the NFL combine is going to be like the definitive number. So until we, you know, we get that, like there's good, it's kind of going to be all over the place, but nevertheless, he's going to run somewhere in between like a mid four, three, like a four, three, five or a four, four, probably like in between that and a four, four, five, somewhere yeah. in there. If I had to guess, because he's fast for that size. That's, that's unbelievably fast. Six foot one, 215, 223. So like he's one of the only running backs in this class with that size and speed combination, and he was productive enough. I know some people were disappointed with his last year, his, his production, but I think the production in college is is just fine. Back to back years with over 900 rushing yards, um, you know, like he he's proven that he can uh, that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's kind of like unlike any 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 running back in this class. I think he's got great size, great speed, like we talked about. And breakaway speed, like the breakaway speed that you talked about is evident on tape. Um, and he also shows, I think, good vision and good patience. And like what I look for is just he just looks so smooth on tape to me. Like he just looks like it's effortless at times and he can change directions 
and he's he's all but he's also not afraid to just take what's blocked and the the only issue i have with trey benson is that he's not the greatest in pass protection but i think that's a skill he can develop because he's a bigger running back and at the end of the day i i think benson's probably a day two pick set like maybe mid second early third somewhere in there if i had to guess it's really early but just based on his natural ability you know, I think that's that's why I have Trey Benson ranked as high as I do. Um, so yeah, I I really like him, and I and I think he's uh, I would be I would be a way surprised if he was not a, a day two pick. Yeah. So uh, same same goes for me. All right, I'll I'll lead it off with Blake Corum because I've I have Blake Corum at two, and and Blake Corum he's slightly undersized at least with his height. He's five eight. Um, and I've seen him listed at anywhere from 200 to 213 pounds. My guess he's probably he's probably closer to like 210. And it's going to be interesting to see what his official numbers are at the combine. I feel like we keep saying that, but it's true. But Corum was very productive, and I like some people are going to poo-poo this, but he could have came out last year, but he wanted to go back to Michigan to finish what they started there and to get the national championship. You know, sign stealing aside, like that team was amazing. That Michigan team. Um, so in college, like he played all four years at Michigan. Um, and in 2021, as a sophomore, Corum ran for 949 yards. He's had back-to-back seasons with over 1,100 rushing yards. And his most productive year, like I, I like it when players break out like either sophomore or junior year, and he broke out his junior year with 1,463 yards on t- 247 carries. And on the tape, like when you turn it on, he's extremely shifty and displays an ability to make quick cuts inside the tackles. And he, he ran that power, you know, that pro scheme. So I, I have no issues. Like if he goes like, you know, with some, some other running backs, you know, you wonder, can't like, is, is it going to be an adjustment for you to, to take a handoff? Like when the quarterback's under center, cause you're so used to getting it just in the zone, but that's not going to be a problem for him. Um, and although his receiving production uh, culminated in his sophomore year, like he had 24 catches and that was as good as it got with his receiving he looks like a natural pass catcher out of the backfield. And he looks like he, he's a really good running, like just good speed, like overall just a solid running back. And just to me is going to be a safe pick in your rookie drafts. And and he's he's going to be somewhat landing spot dependent, as is everybody. But I feel pretty safe putting him at number two here. What do you think, man? Yeah, obviously, I, I, lo- I love me some Blake Orm. I put him at two as well. The big thing for me is you mentioned it. He could have came out last year. And I remember looking at mock drafts last year and people were kind of putting him at like that, that end of the first round kind of area. And that was last year where we had all the town. We had Bijan, we had Jameer, we had all the receivers. Like there was a lot of people put him in like kind of in like that eight to 12 range uh, last year, which we, I think we can all agree was a pretty good class. So uh, the other thing too, like he, he put up a ton of numbers like that the, uh, his junior season, he was like in running for the Heisman and then he tears his ACL and those dreams are squashed. But like, this is like a Heisman level type running back. And I think uh, he's going to be even better a year removed from the ACL because this was year, his year coming back from the ACL. So he's probably to be even more explosive than he was this year. And I thought he looked really good this year, leads him to a national championship. Like that team ran through the running game. And I obviously Donovan Edwards was heavily involved as well, but it was pretty much Blake Corm's backfield. He's the reason that, people have questions about J.J. McCarthy because they they couldn't they didn't want to unleash J.J. McCarthy because they had this Blake Corum guy so I'm I'm really in on Blake Corum uh I think he's like he said just kind of a smooth solid runner kind of just does like everything well like doesn't really have like a like one like specific play style he's not Trey Benson he's just like a a different kind of runner but productive nonetheless couldn't agree more so we are in lockstep with one two now we get a little different here you have Jonathan Brooks at five, I have him at three. Um, do you want to talk about um, your your Jonathan Brooks ranking? Yeah, I I remember I mentioned it on the the mock draft live that we did a couple nights ago. But like, th- there's a lot of people who have Jonathan Brooks as their RB one. I've seen it on Twitter, and I I went into kind of just looking at his film, looking at the numbers. I really wanted to be optimistic, and I was like, I'm gonna give this guy a fair a fair chance. And I look at the film and be like, there's just nothing that really stands like out for me like he doesn't have the Trey Benson speed or the quorum numbers like it's just kind of like he's good I think he's a good back but I don't think he's my RB1 there's just some guys that I think have a little bit more juice a little bit more pop than 
Jonathan Brooks also coming off an ACL. I think you have to consider that when it comes to a dynasty perspective, like this guy might not be the 100% player that he was last year at Texas in 2024 in the NFL. So I think I, that I like um, that factored into my rankings as well. But like I said, and he also played with like just a absurd offense at Texas. Like you got how many draft guys we got? Well, Quinn Ewers is going to be a guy coming out next year. Obviously he could be a first round pick easily. You got Adonai Mitchell, you got Xavier Worthy, you got Jatavion Sanders, like a ton of pieces you had to account for in Texas. And I think he may have just benefited, a little, and it's not really to knock him, it's a kind of unfair knock, but I, it did kind of, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, they had, defenses probably had so much to worry about with all these other weapons. I think just like, it just made me, t- like, I don't know, just, it, it didn't sit well with me. So I put him at five. It's not a bad ranking. I don't think he's a bad player. There's just some guys that I like more than him. That's fair. Um I think he's one of these another like it's kind of in the Trey Benson uh, like realm. Like he's a little bit smaller than Benson. He's closer to 200 pounds than he is 220. He's about 202, 207. So I'd like him to be a little like two. If if he was in between 210 and 215, like that's the sweet spot uh, for a running back. But it's not the end all be all, you know, running backs like. Well, Devon Achan uh, proved that last year. Like you can be a super effective running back. Now he Achan needs to be able to prove that he can stay on the field. And I think he's going to get a running back partner uh, to help him. Whether they, you know, anyway. So I I think that's going to be good for him. But getting back to Brooks, you're right. That Texas offense was really, really good. But Brooks was until he tore his ACL. He was he was playing really well and he only has one year of college production, but that's really easily explainable because of Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson that they were there the year before and that they both got drafted. I mean, Roshan was almost a day two pick probably should have been a day two pick. If you ask me and the bears took him in the fourth round. So how would you like to compete with those two guys? But in 2023, before he got injured, he rushed for 1139 yards, caught 25 passes, 280 six receiving yards and 11 touchdowns and on tape he shows patience as a runner and he allows the blocks to be set up for him and he and he possesses enough burst to get through the hole sometimes i think he might he's just a little bit too patient and doesn't take what's blocked but overall i think the patience is a good thing um additionally he's good in the receiving game and i think he's got good vision patience like i said ability to hit open running lanes and he's got the speed you know that I would probably have Brooks ranked higher if not for the ACL. It does worry me a little bit, um, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see where he ends up because uh, it's like Brooks out of every one of these running backs. I just I want to see what he does at the con. Like it can't like what's his recovery time? I honestly don't know because he tore. He can't, I think it was in November. It was, I was to say it was a little later was, in the season. So I don't know. I don't even know if we're gonna get uh, if, if he'll be ready for the combine. We'll we'll see. Um, I know like people who make like miraculous recoveries from ACL tears uh, these days, but uh, it's going to be so fascinating to see how the NFL values him because if it hadn't, if it had not been for that injury, you know, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of Rashad white a little bit, just a little bit, maybe not as, not as good in the passing game as, as Rashad white is, but just as a runner, like he kind of gives me those vibes. Um, so I'm going to, I'll go ahead and reveal the next three and so you'll the audience will be able to see our top six so we go bucky irving braylon allen and then you have ray davis at number three which i like ray davis just as much as the next guy but tyler canably really likes ray davis so talk to me about ray davis oh i'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad i get to do the ray davis breakdown i, I watched this guy's highlights again today uh i i think i watch the, the there's two there's two highlight videos i like by him and I think I watch one of them at least like every three days. I, I cannot stop watching it. Like I am in lo- this will be the, the hill that I die on. He is now my most drafted player in 2024 best ball. He got like 48%. So like half my teams, I make it a point to draft this guy. He's also like a 17, a 16th, 14th or something around pick. I can't remember exactly, but that's something here or there. I'm not here to talk about 2024 best ball, but this, I just, you, you turn on the tape. And this is the biggest, I'm seeing it with my eyes. He looks like the best player on the field. I, I wish I could rank, I would have ranked him higher than than three. I wish I could rank him one. I really want, I'm going to lead the charge for the Ray Davis, like 
fan club. I am the number one fan. I will lead the charge, get on my back, and I will lead us to the promised land. Because you look at just the productivity. Everyone likes to talk about early breakout age, all that kind of stuff, early declare. He, he wasn't an early declared, but he runs, he rushes, or he had a thousand total yards at Temple his freshman season. So as a freshman at Temple, thousand total yards. Transferred to Vandy, a thousand plus yard season there. Then this past season at Kentucky is where really he really broke out. 14 uh, 1400 plus total yards in his senior season at Kentucky. You go watch just turn on the Florida game. That's the only game if you're going to watch any Ray Davis game, turn on the Florida game. He he takes over the game. Even the, the announcers in the game are like they can't stop him. It's the Ray Davis show like they, I think it was a, a a game earlier in the season they're like let's put this guy in the Heisman like as a Heisman candidate right now. Like that's like in early in the season in that game like that's how much he dominated. I I cannot get enough of this guy. His size pro, his size profile is pretty good too. 5'10 to around 215 pounds ish. And he has unbelievable speed. He probably is going to run again in that kind of four fours area. I don't think he's quite as fast as Trey Benson, but he it's, it's probably pretty close. So I think he runs in the four fours without a doubt, just watching him on tape. And he, he, he likes contact. He can make people miss. And my favorite thing about him is the vision. Uh, I put a tweet out yesterday. It's there's a, an absurd, just a screenshot. It's a goal line carry. And they, I, I put on the screenshot, it's, what, do you think Ray Davis scores on this play? And it's like a ton of guys. It's, it looks like he's about to get tackled for a loss because there, he gets pressure up the middle. And it's an ISO blocking scheme. Fullback goes to the left. And I, I gave one, two, and three. Which lane do you think, if if he scores it, like which lane do you think he goes in? And one is like the most absurd lane because he's not even close to that area. But he's like his vision to see that cutback lane is you either have that skill or you don't. And Ray Davis has it. And I just, I like, I think I just like, I might as well make a fan page account, Ray Davis fan page, because like, I don't, I don't think there's anything that this guy doesn't do. Maybe he's not the best pass catcher in the world, but he still catches passes. Like I cannot get enough of Ray Davis. Just go watch the highlights, turn on the tape. And I promise you will feel the same. Oh, I, I think he's just a fine pass. I think he got better as a pass catcher. Uh, I mean, just, just looking at the tape and then you, that you, like, cause the, when, what I like is when you, you watch something on film and then you go to the stats and you find tendencies in the stats that match what you're seeing on film, it kind of backs up what you're, you know, what you're seeing because Ray Davis like caught 29 passes in 2022 and 2023, but he had almost, well, 150 more receiving yards. He was way more efficient as a pass catcher in, this year. And the, the one thing, Tyler, that you didn't talk about that everybody's going to talk about, and Joel's talking about it in the chat, Ray <laughs> Davis sounds like a 40-year-old, and he's 24 years old. He'll be a 24-year-old. Year so the, you know what the, criti- the too easy criticism of Ray Davis is going to be? It's why, why did he break out at age 23 and 24? You know, like that, that's going to that's gonna be something he's going to have to overcome in the dynasty community. But I, I agree with most of what you're saying. I think I really, when you watch him play, he looks really good. You know, like I, just my write up is I, I think he's got good vision, sudden burst. He's got speed, like you, like you mentioned, maybe not as fast as a Trey Benson type, but he's fast enough. And uh, like I said, all running backs need to get better in pass protection. And I think he's one of them. Um, but I'm really bullish on Ray Davis, not as bullish as you, but. I don't know. I could be talked into moving moving him up a few spots, maybe. But I want I wanted to talk to you about Braylon Allen because Braylon Allen is somebody that I'm very nervous about, and other people don't seem to share my concern. Some people have Braylon Allen as the RB one in the class, and I just cannot get there because while well, yes, he's a beast. He's six two, two hundred forty five pounds. And I don't believe I've seen it out there, but I don't believe it. He, some people think he runs a four, four 40. I'll believe it when I see it. The NFL combine is going to show us the truth on that one. I think it's probably closer to a four five, which is, which is fine, which is totally fine for somebody of his, of his build. Um, and the college production's outstanding, especially at the breakout age. I'm sure um, I'm, I'm sure the breakout finder is going to think Braylon Allen's probably the best running back in this class. If I, if I had to guess, but on tape, he doesn't appear to have breakaway speed as a runner. It's not fair to, of me to characterize him as a plotter, 
but he isn't going to fool anybody by running outside the tackles. They mostly use him as an inside the tackles runner. And he definitely uses his size to his advantage. And I didn't really see much elusiveness. He does hit the hole hard. He runs hard. He's a tough player. He went to Wisconsin. I, you know, I can't take that away from him. It's the, the size and the profile is intriguing. But I remember feeling this certain way about a running back from Boston College named A.J. Dillon. And that's kind of who he reminds me of. So while I am intrigued by Braylon Allen, and I, I don't want to take away from the, the sycophants out there who really like him, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just, I just want to temper people's expectations. I have him at four. You're a little less, you're even more skeptical than I am. You have him at six. What, what's your, what are your thoughts on Braylon Allen? I was going to say the way you were describing it, it sounds like he should be closer to six for you than four. Like, it sounds like Probably. you're not sold at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, probably, so I, probably. I, 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 like, I have met six. You have met four. Probably. That's probably right. <laughs> I mean, I probably do have him too high just now that I'm talking about it. Like, and, and these rankings are going to be a, like a, a, a process, right? Oh, these, sure. This is like yeah. a first, first draft that we went back and forth on. So uh, we'll we'll have a more definitive look at it, like after the combine, and you know, in, in middle of March, I'll I'll feel pretty good about my dynasty rookie rankings. But but yeah, you're probably right. You're you're probably I probably should have them a little bit lower for all those reasons. But well, anyway, tell t- tell me about Braylon Allen. So I've seen this guy play live. I will, I promise you, I will pay somebody's dynasty league league fees if he runs like a he's not running a four four five or, or anywhere like he's just that's just not what he's gonna do. If you look at it on film. I've seen it, like I said, seen it in person. He's that's he's not going to run that. I promise you. Uh, the one, so I think that he just does one thing, probably at like at the best level in this draft, and that's running in between the tackles. Like if you're looking to get just chunks, like you're looking for a, a four yard per carry guy, a guy who's going to be good on the goal line. Like then Braylon Allen's a great player. The only problem is like that's kind of what he's limited to. He's not this outside runner. Like he's not one of these next. Wisconsin great running backs. He's not going to be Jonathan Taylor. He's not going to be prime Melvin Gordon. Like that's just not his game. He doesn't have the speed of those guys, nor the elusiveness. Like I think you kind of said, like he doesn't really make people miss an open field. I really like actually kind of like his short area quickness, like in, in the hole, like in like, like inside zone or gap schemes. I think he's really good at finding the holes. He has great vision and he kind of like, he's a very patient runner. It's kind of what I saw too. Like he's kind of like, a little light on his feet when he's like dancing in the hole. Like he always kind of just seems to, to slither through, which is something I really, I think he's the best at running in between the tackles in this draft. That being said, that's all he does. He's, he's not an outside zone runner. He's going to probably struggle to get to the edge of the next level. And if he does break one up the gap, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to outrun these NFL track stars we have in the league now. So I think he's kind of limited to like, I, it's for, his final ranking for me is a going to be what he runs in the 40. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near, like, I don't think it's going to be in the four fourth. I just don't. Um, but the landing spot, like that he has to go to a team that wants to like establish the run. Like I know that like a team like, like Pittsburgh or like with Arthur Smith, like I could see him on that team. He could kind of be like <laughs> Tyler Algier, but like obviously they have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I don't think that's going to happen, but like, there's not that many, like we're going to, run the ball down your throw ball clubs anymore. Like he, like 15 years ago, this guy probably got gone in the first round today. I just, I don't see how he is like, he's not a three down back. He's never going to be a three down back. Like that's just not his, his, um, his game. But I think the reason, one of the reasons why people have him as RB one is he's like 16 years old, uh, in the league. Right? He's not actually 16. I think he's to be 20, 20 years old when he plays his first yep. game in the NFL, which is, it's a crazy cause he is, his freshman season, he was 17 at college, which is just nuts. But like, I think that's why kind of people like him. But like, let's actually figure out if he's good before we start worrying about how long can he sustain whatever. Like, yeah, he he uh, broke out in early age. He's an early declarer, but I just I don't think that means he's going to be the next Wisconsin great running back. So I like him. I think it, it totally depends what team he goes to. Then I'm a little bit more open, but he's not going to be this three down workhorse guy. It's just not his game. Yeah. And, and when I'm, when I'm looking for, and we have like, we have to take a little bit different angle on this. Like right now we're ranking them as like, how good are they going to be for your fantasy team? Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's a good pass catcher either. I think you're right. I think he does one thing really well. And I don't know how that translates. He kind of reminds me of Jordan Howard 
a little that bit. That was the comp that I that I've been yeah, seeing like, around for him a little bit. Yeah. That that old Bears running back that just <laughs> when he was in the game, you knew what was gonna happen. Like he was just gonna run in between the tackles. He, he wasn't a great pass catcher, couldn't really beat anybody on the edge. And to me, that's a very limited player who's gonna be happy. Like he's gonna have to match, he's gonna have to mix up with somebody like a Keaton Mitchell. Like if the Ravens took him, yes, that that's might a great be, landing spot. That might be perfect for him because they'll use him in between the tackles. Like that, that'll be fine. Him maybe, like you know, maybe that'll work out. But I just don't see many outs for him as a player. You know, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Bucky Irving's the last guy here. You have him at four. I have him at five. Pretty much agreement there um just real quick on bucky irving he's a little bit undersized but he played at the university of oregon 510 about you know 200 pounds 195 pounds somewhere in there um and what intrigues me most about him is his potential role in the nfl he feels like one of these new age running backs now he's not as electric as devon a chain he's not like he's not that fast i think he runs like a four four eight i think i'd have to double check that like that's what's on record, but again, the NFL combine is going to tell us more. But he's an effective pass catcher. He got 53 passes his junior season, and he's like I said, he's got a good speed, and I think he can be a nice little like uh, player in the NFL. And I I like the way he runs too. Um, the downside is I like I wonder like my biggest concern about Bucky Irving is is he fast enough for that lack of size? to be effective at the NFL level. And uh, I, I I think he can be. I'm a little bit more sure about Bucky Irving than I am about Braylon Allen. But what are your thoughts on Bucky Irving? I'm a little biased. Obviously, I'm a huge Minnesota Gophers fan. He he, he went to the Gophers his freshman season and then transferred because Mo, Mo Ibrahim didn't transfer and he was like the number one guy there. That's not neither here nor there. But he actually did play a little bit as freshman. He had 700 yards as a freshman at Minnesota, like that's pretty good as a freshman. And then he transfers to Oregon and then he has what back to back 13, he had a 1300 yard season, total yards, his sophomore season as a junior, he has over, what is the math on that? 1600 yards. Like, and you said it 56 catches in, in college as a running back is a really, really, really good side. This, this guy is going to be on the field in third downs. And he's like you said, he doesn't have the speed of, of H on, but he he has, I think, more like he's more quick twitch. He's gonna make more people miss than I think H on H-on's more like flatline speed, not as much like make you miss in open space. Bucky Irving's is he's he's Tajay Spears. Like that's what he is. Like he's a shorter guy. He's not gonna be really be a third down workhorse, but he is gonna be a guy that can he's like when he touches the ball, his probably be a, have a high efficiency number. He's gonna get a lot of y- a yards per carry, a lot of yards per reception like that's just kind of his game he's more of an efficient guy than gonna be like a three down workhorse type guy but I think he can kind of be that that Tajay Spears role and like Tajay Spears is a guy that a lot of people love in dynasty love and redraft right now so I think that's kind of exactly what his game is going to be Tajay Spears doesn't have like the the four three speed or anything for his size but he's a guy that everyone loves right now so I think that's kind of what I see Bucky Irving as for in this class nice so I'll go ahead and reveal the next three or wait actually before i do that we should take a quick break we should do a a uh, a, a informative segment that's what we call them on the dynasty roundtable informative segment um so this informative segment is going to be about sleeper and uh, actually no dynasty dominator dynasty dominator is going to be the informative segment so uh, stick with us, though. We will reveal uh, 6 through 10 after this from the Podfather. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies, you can add super flex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from player profiler to their dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. 
And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Go get the Dynasty Dominator and be ready to upload the 2024 class. Like you said, like he said, it's $5 every year to upload the class, but it is well worth it because, like you said, there's all kinds of tools and 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 strategy resources within that app. So go check that out today. Also, stay tuned for the Trade God Show, which is directly after this at 8 p.m. Central Time. They're going to be talking about the Dynasty Buys that they um that they're gonna their favorite dynasty buys i believe so be on the lookout for that and also check out the dynasty war zone we have you covered all over with dynasty dynasty war zone 8 p.m sunday memphis and jerry have you covered there so i just revealed our next three so that would be audric estime marshawn lloyd and dylan lob now you don't have dylan lob ranked within your top 10 uh, so it's fair to say that this would be lower than nine, but uh, I left it blank. Like, do you, do you have a number I could throw in here real quick, real quick? I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, you're good. I actually have him uh, on the show sheet. We had uh, the sleepers, right? And I had him as one of my sleepers on my list. So I actually do like him. So I would say put him, put him at like, put him at like 11. We'll, we'll put him All just right. outside the top 10. Of where All I'm right. Uh, that, I don't know if that's going to affect his rank. We'll have to, maybe, maybe we'll have to switch it, but that's okay. <laughs> But uh, I have Estime at six. You have him at seven. We're pretty much in lockstep. And then Lloyd, uh, same deal. Yeah. I'll just I'll just kick it off with Estime. I I I'm scared. Like I like Estime a lot, and I I'm tempted to rank him ahead of. And maybe I should after this after talking it out with you. Maybe I should rank him. I literally have him on my sheet. Is he better than Braylon Allen? Because I think he might be. Uh, he's a very productive running back, just like Braylon Allen. His best season was his junior year. He rushed for over 1,300 yards on 210 carries, caught 17 passes for 114 or 142 yards, rather, and scored a whopping 18 touchdowns. And he's also a younger prospect. He's also going to be 20 years old. You see the parallels here between yeah. the two? He's They're also, very similar players. He's also a bigger running back at six foot, 227 pounds. Uh, but he has he has a 448 on his on his record as as a 40 yard dash. So he's got a little bit of, bit of breakaway speed. We'll see. We'll see how, like if that's just the the quick thumb guy at, at Notre Dame, you know, with the quick thumb. We'll see, but on tape, I'm willing to buy it. Uh, he now he does have some developing to do. He's just 20 years old, but the estimate's got a lot of talent. And like I said, the NFL Combine I keep saying it. It's gonna we're gonna find out a lot. But he specializes at running in between the tackles, just like Allen. But he's de- deceptively fast and has in, and he's a lot to me. He's shiftier and is, the, is a little bit more elusive in the open field. And he's a better pass catcher. Um, and what surprised me most on tape was the breakaway speed. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; he's not blazing fast or anything, but he's a lot faster than somebody that his size should be. And Estime is going to play a role in the red zone because he's got a, he's got a nose for the end zone with that size and he has good vision and he can hit the hole. I really like him. I I really liked what I saw on tape and I probably should honestly move him up a little bit higher. But what, what do you think about Estime? I like Estime's tape too, where kind of, you kind of said how he's more of an in-between the tackles runner like Braylon Allen, but the difference is like, when Estime gets to that next level, he can break away a little bit more than Allen. Like Allen's not really a one cut runner. He he's really good between the tackles, but he's like he's more of a like a I'm gonna find the hole, get 10, 12 yards, and something like that. But Estime is more of like a one cut guy. Like he's gonna make a cut, and then it's he's kind of just he's gonna use his power to either run you over or kind of like his deceptive speed. He's gonna he's gonna run past some people. So and like you said, at his size, he's what around like 230, 225, something like that. He's a big back. And I feel like his comp, like not, I don't want to say he's David Montgomery, but like that kind of feels like his play style a little bit. Like David Montgomery, maybe David Montgomery's a little more shifty than Estime, but they, they feel like kind of similar builds, bigger guys. They're not pass catchers, but they can catch the ball. 
So I kind of I, I do like estimate. I really struggle between Allen and estimate. I I honestly almost just ended up putting like them as a tie. That's why I because I think I have them at six and seven. So I didn't but I didn't really want to do that like make it harder for you. So I just did six and seven. Just kind of <laughs> yeah. left it up whatever. But um yeah, I I do really like estimate. Um I could definitely like if someone's gonna put estimate over Braylon Allen, I'm not gonna say no. I think I it's it's they're they're neck and neck for me because they're they're two very similar players, just slightly different play style. So I'm kind of in on SMA um, a little bit, yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about Dylan Lobb or Marshawn Lloyd? Ooh, give me Dylan Lobb. Actually, right. yeah, give me Dylan Lobb. Yeah, go, go for so, it. So yes, let me here. Let me open up my notes. Here we go. So uh, he like this. He I think the biggest thing with him is like he's listed at running back, but if you look at his receiving numbers, you could have swore he's a wide receiver. This dude had 49 catches his junior season, 68 this past season at New Hampshire. And he he just feels like he's going to be one of these, these gadget players. It just feels like he's going to be like Danny Woodhead or Tariq Cohen, like Chris Thompson. Remember Chris Thompson that one season? Chris Thompson had a great, like, that one-year stretch in Washington. Like, that's just kind of what he feels like. He's going to be a mismatch nightmare for, like, I could, like, if he, if he gets on a linebacker in the slot, like, that's, like, that's where he could definitely line up. If he gets on a linebacker in the slot, he's going to win. Even probably like a bigger safety, he's probably going to beat them too. Like I, this guy is so good in the passing game, he might be able to even be like a slot corner. Like he could be a, a just a mismatch nightmare. I really want to see what team I think drafts him too. But uh, obviously, the biggest knock on him is the 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 competition of play he was going against. I mean, he's at New Hampshire. They're not they're not really playing anybody, but. I don't know. I, I really like. I really like. Like, is it Lob or Lobby? Do we know how to pronounce his name? This feels like H on last year. I feel. I feel. Maddie Kiwum. I know this could be the Devon A chain of names. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Maddie Kiwum said Lob, so I'm gonna go okay. with Maddie Kiwum because Maddie Kiwum's been been on him since the process began. So. Got it. Yeah. No. I, I. I think I. I like him. Like I'm in on him to a certain extent, but the size profile is not there. Like he's only. Uh, let's see here. He's only what five ten like 207 and like it just it doesn't feel like he's like the most athletic guy on the field like he's really he's a really crafty shifty player but I just don't think he's like the most athletic dude on the field like even at New Hampshire but I don't know I, I I'm in on him to a certain extent I love 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 the pass catching stuff but he's it's not like he's going to be a, a a three down workhorse like he doesn't have that that potential to be a three down workhorse or anything like that for so for fantasy purposes I think his his role is going to be semi-limited yeah I think he I mean, I mean that we were talking about it today. It's interesting comparing him, and I have him ranked higher than than Will Shipley. But Will Shipley, like in him, are kind of similar players in that sense. Like they're both kind of receiving backs. Will Shipley, I feel like really struggled in pass protection. So I I feel like his future is more of a third down running back in the NFL. I just feel like that's what his role is going to be. And I could see the same thing for Lob. But the, the thing with Lobb is, like, New Hampshire had him returning kicks, punts. He, he, like, he played in the slot at the Senior Bowl. So, as a receiver, is is he going to be just a third down running back? Or is a team going to view him as a weapon that they can utilize? Like, a cross between, like, a Danny Wood, Woodhead, Julian Edelman, was a quarterback but he's just an athlete and we can use him as a wide receiver now he's not going to be a wide receiver uh like that's not going to be his official position like he's going to be a running back but he is one of the more intriguing players because when you watch the tape you want to see somebody from new hampshire dominate and he dominated like he dominated and and the only game i think he played in a d1 against a d1 team was he played central michigan and i think he had 229 it was either receiving yards or all-purpose yards. I can't remember, but it was something crazy. So I like Dylan Lobb a lot. Um, Marshawn Lloyd had a had a really good Senior Bowl, and that propelled him up my rankings. And um, Marshawn Lloyd's one of those more prototypical running backs. I mean, he's got he's five nine, two ten, two seventeen, depending on where you look. His most productive season did come during his senior season, which is you know concerning. 820 yards, caught 13 passes for 232 yards. So he's really efficient in the passing game. But I do like some of his attributes. I, I like how he runs in between the tackles. I think he displays good burst, hits the holes on time. He also does a nice job of setting up his blockers. Occasionally he'll run into a defender because he's just like 
kind of a bat out of hell, like tough, physical, but I like his game overall. And I think, you know, we'll find out more information as the process goes on, but I like Marshawn Lloyd a lot. And these running backs that we're getting into, like this territory, I feel like, and we keep saying it, but you're going to want to load up on third and fourth round picks in your rookie draft. If you can, if you can liquidate some players, maybe get out of, out of some of these veterans because, because some of these running backs are just going to hit like Marshawn Lloyd could hit. Like if he winds up in the right running landing spot, right system, you know, like it's, I could see it. Same thing with, uh, Oh, a guy that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in, in the sleepers. If we get there, um, the kid from Marshall, I can't remember his name, but I have it on my sheet here and my computer's freezing. So anyway, so, so yeah, I, I, let me give my little spiel about Lloyd then real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I love, he's like one of like those things where I love the tape, the stats, like he didn't really have a crazy good year. He barely cracked a thousand total yards at USC at 820 rushing yards uh, and 232 passing yards. But you also got to remember that's a, that's a passing offense in with Lincoln Riley with Caleb Williams. He only had 116 carries. So really not that like he like 116 carries in 2023, 2022, 111, 64 his freshman season. Like he, not a lot of, not a lot of tread on the tires for this guy, which is good when you can, considering running back a little bit. There's kind of like a tiebreaker scenario there, but he averaged 7.1 yards a carry at USC, like an absurd number. Again, there's probably a lot of holes opened up for him considering uh, uh, he's playing with Caleb Williams and they have all those weapons and all that. But I, I love some, like when you look at the highlights there, he has just great kind of feel for for the position. He's really he's really athletic. And I just, I think he's a guy, like you said, he's, he's probably going to be maybe probably a day three pick. He's probably not going to go in day two, but depending on the landing spot, like this could be one of those, those like a Kyron Williams situation. Maybe uh, you may have to wait a year or so, but like he could just be one of these late round running backs that hits for your dynasty team. And like, I, I don't think anybody in the community would be shocked if Marjan Lloyd was like getting drafted in the fifth round, like if for 2025 draft or something like that, he could just hit in a big way because I think he has the size profile. He has the speed, like he has the tools. It's just whether or not he's going to put it all together in the NFL. Very well said. I will move on and reveal our last four players because you have Cody Schrader ranked in your top 10. I have him ranked at 15. I have Dylan Johnson ranked at 10. You didn't have him ranked inside your top 10. Will Shipley, I have at 11. Jalen Wright, you have him at nine. I have him at 12. Uh, so pick one of these four. Do you want to lead it off with Jalen Wright or Cody Schrader? Or- Let me go Cody Schrader because he's actually yeah. one of the dudes – I had kind of uh, in the sleeper thing too, which we may not get to. So let me just, I'll just give my spiel on Cody Schrader right now. I feel like it's a sleeper because like he's, no one really, I have, no one's really talking about Cody Schrader. He's going undrafted in best ball drafts right now. So I consider that a semi sleeper. But um, for a guy who like not that many people are familiar with, he led the SEC in rushing this year. Like the, in the SEC, like that's kind of a big deal. He had, uh, where, what do I have it here? He had, uh, 1600 plus rushing yards this season he's 5'9 214 good size uh not elite size but good size 5.9 yards per carry 22 catches for 191 yards i watched his uh his film a little bit today just a, just a, a couple of clips but he he looks like like he's kind of like a like a poor man's trey benson kind of thing like that's kind of the best way i can describe it good size pretty decent speed doesn't have that home run hitting ability that trey benson has but you don't just get 1600 yards in the sec for no reason. I knew like he was pretty much Mizzou's team or I meant not pretty. I know they have some good receivers that are coming out next year, but he, he was a big part of that team and why Mizzou was like kind of a frisky sec team this year. So just on that stat alone, I, I had to put him in the top 10. Yeah. There's no doubt. He, he does some nice things. He's a li- little bit undersized, like five, eight, about two Oh five, somewhere in there is like where he's probably going to weigh in at. And there's, there's no doubt he did some really nice things for Missouri um he's a senior um scored 14 14 touchdowns i think or am i now yeah 14 rushing touchdowns and yeah i i i agree with a lot of what you're saying i have him at 15 so he's just outside my top 12 so i i again he's one of these people that who knows i mean it, throughout the process he might jump into the top 12 but uh, again it, like it's just We'll we'll see how this process goes uh, as as we continue to watch more tape, dig into the numbers, and uh, 
Cody Schrader is one of those guys. Um, one of those guys that's very polarizing is Jalen Wright. And he's not even in the sleeper rankings, which is a travesty. <laughs> they need to get him in there because uh, we did a mock draft live and we couldn't draft Jalen Wright. But he's Maddie Kiewum's RB2. And he's Cody Carpentier's RB7. And he's my RB12. And really, when I was watching him, I mean, he's got the size. He's got the speed. You know, he could run in the four threes. I mean, he's 5'11", 210 pounds. Like, he's almost a perfect size running back. And his best season, junior season, 1,000 yards on just 137 carries, which is ridiculous. He caught 22 passes, 141 receiving yards. And, he like, if you squint hard enough, if you look, I, I see Kenneth Walker. Like, it, it, there's just, like, the he's got the breakaway speed. The, the one thing that concerns me is Tennessee, like, every single play – that Jalen Wright ran felt like it was out of the shotgun in like a, like a, a RB zone read. Like just felt like that's what it was with Joe Milton at quarterback. Maybe sometimes the guards pulled, but it, it just struck me as a funky offense. So I don't know, like let's just, let's just say the Rams draft him, which would be amazing. Right. If, if the Rams drafted him, it, how's he going to do when Matthew Stafford's behind center shouting pass protection you know you know at him yeah you know how's he gonna do on a on his first stretch play on his first toss you know like because i saw a lot of him just taking the handoff in the shotgun and, and to be fair there's a lot of running backs that, that they run primarily in the shotgun right but it was really really apparent at tennessee so that's like my one concern it's almost like, is this too good to be true? You know, like Jalen Wright, is it too good to be true? Like Maddie is very, very high at RB2. I'm very hesitant. I'm more conservative. What say you? You have met nine, so you're kind of more on my side of the fence. So what yeah. do you think about Jalen Wright? Because to me, like he he could be the guy that some people just freak out about. Yeah, that's uh, Maddie. the way Maddie Kiewum likes uh, Jalen Wright is the way I like Wright Davis. Just absurdly ranking them high, just gonna, it doesn't matter what you say. We're going to, we're going to ride for our guys. So I respect that with, with, for, uh, for Maddie, but Jalen Wright, I kind of see him the same way. I see Marshawn Lloyd. It's why the ha- I have them ranked eight, and nine. It's kind of like I said, with Braylon Allen and estimate, they both very similar builds, like some the stuff that I see on film. But like you said, we'll see this Tennessee offense, just notorious. Like the way, like they win football games in Tennessee, maybe not so much this year, but like they, the way their offense is built, you don't really know what's real. Like Hendon Hooker, biggest thing when he was coming out. This isn't like everyone said. This isn't a real offense. Like it's just, like it's just not real yeah. because you just, they just they spread you out. They're gonna go five like five wide for the most part, and there's it's bombs away, bombs away. Maybe they'll throw on the occasional run here and there. But I, considering the offense that he's in, it's kind of impressive that he ran for a thousand yards. I, like you said, only uh, 137 carries, 7.4 yards per carry so there's definitely things to like about it but like let's see it like in like you said he has good speed but like in that offense that's kind of all you need when you're running uh from the backfield you're doing kind of half shotgun halfback sweeps kind of thing or uh outside zone from a shotgun so i don't know i'm I'm very curious to see how it translates to the next level it's why i I think he's deserving of the top 10 but um like i said kind of with marshawn lloyd but i like you on right there's nothing not really anything bad i could say, say against him i just like let's just I, let's see where he lands. Let's see the, the combine numbers. Let's see all that before um, I'm going to move him up anymore. So, All right. I, I do have to say Dylan Johnson is one of uh, Cody's favorite players. And I like the one knock I have on Dylan Johnson. I like Dylan Johnson a lot. Obviously, he's in my top 10. But he um, his vision at times is not the greatest. So he's going to have to improve there. At least that's what I saw on tape. Um, so and, and Will Shipley, we kind of talked about Will Shipley um as well uh but those that's kind of our top 12 or my top 12 tyler's top 10 uh tyler uh we're we're approaching an hour and we want to get off in time for the trade gods maybe we can run a little bit over but why don't you give me one sleeper not named cody schrader uh i so when we do the sleeper i have one wide receiver is that okay oh yeah that's that's fine i mean i won't i won't say malachi corley I, 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 he's not that, a sleep. He's not, he's a, not sleeper a sleeper. Anymore. Exactly. So yeah. I won't say Malachi Corley, the guy that I have Malik Washington guy out of okay. a receiver coming out of Virginia saw a crazy stat that I, I had to look it up and see if it was real. 
there have been four wide receivers in the Power Five conferences to have a 110 plus catch season and a 1400 plus yard season. Power Five conference coming out of Virginia. The four receivers who have done it in the past 10 years Amari Cooper, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, and you guessed it, Malik Washington. Like that alone should just tell you. Like Virginia, like he's their entire offense. Virginia doesn't have a, not a lot of good things going for Virginia. I mean, they're not a bad team, but like they're not, they're not uh, sneaking into the college football playoff anytime soon. So I just think on that alone, I, you watch the tape. He's, he's just kind of like, he just, he's just a football player. He's not going to why you with his speed. He's not going to why you with his size. He's just really good at football. And it's kind of like the argument for like Tank Dell. Like when Tank Dell was coming out, yeah, they're not the same size profile, but like the one thing you knew about Tank Dell was that he was really good at football. He had like, I think he led the nation in like red zone touchdowns at that size. That tells you he's a really good route runner. And it just kind of feels like Malik Washington is that similar type of situation. Like you're not, you're not wowed by the speed. You're not wowed by the size, but damn it, this guy knows how to play football. So that's kind of, I like Malik Washington from that aspect. That's a good call. That's a good call. I'm going to have to watch more Malik Washington now. Uh, that's a good one. Um, Joel, I, I kind of hinted at it earlier. And Joel Yabara, who's my assistant editor at, at Player Profiler, uh, the running back from Marshall, uh, Rashina Lee, is feels like a like very similar to what you're talking about. Is just a guy who gets the job done. You know, he, he honestly reminded me like if I had to give him a comp, reminded me of David Montgomery when I watched David Montgomery at Iowa State. And I'm excited. Like I want to dig more in, in on Rasheem, Rasheen Ali. I've got him at RB 13 right now, just outside the top 12, but he's a guy. I mean, like I said, this running back class, somebody's RB eight is another man's RB 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like all these running backs are so close and do there's, and they're just different versions. They do different things. Well, and some of them are going to hit and we're going to do our best to, you know, decipher, decode what details you need to be paying attention to. And we've begun that process tonight, I think. But Rasheen Ali is a guy that I think people need to pay attention to. So I think he's he's like does some really nice things on tape, especially running in between, between the tackles, especially with his cuts and his vision. And so I think he uh, that's somebody people need to be looking out for as a sleeper. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think that's going to do it. I think that's a good, like we have more on the show sheet, but we're right at an hour. So Tyler, why don't you give me um, anything that you need to plug anything that you've got going on? Why don't you uh, just tell the people where to, where they can find you on Twitter at PPR Tyler. Uh, as far as like just other plugging stuff, write an article here and there, you know, I, I, I do like writing. So I'll go check out an article. If I, if, uh, if it gets posted to the main page or anything like that. So, um, and I'll be, I'll be writing some franchise tag stuff when the franchise tag, I'm going to give my thoughts on it. Just quick, you know, a couple paragraphs, fantasy implications, really excited for the franchise tag T Higgins, Michael Pittman, some names being thrown around. Maybe even Mike Evans franchise tag. I think the tag for receivers this year is like 20 million or something like that. So big number if you're going to want to franchise tag a receiver, but uh, on that, just uh, find me in an underdog draft room. Just got my red badge today on underdog. So that was a, a monumental moment for me and my, uh, my drafting career, but yeah, PPR Tyler on Twitter. I post a lot of a lot of memes, a lot of fun little uh, little draft stuff of uh, mostly running backs, to be honest. So if you like running back draft content, especially, give me a follow on Twitter. Excellent, excellent. And uh, go ahead and click the like button and subscribe to the channel because you're one of you're going to want to be tapped into Player Profiler. All I don't even want to say off season because there's no off season in there's Dynasty. There's no off season. No, there's no trade deadlines in in our Dynasty Roundtable League. There shouldn't be any trade that like it should just every the whole year, 365 days a year is dynasty season. So we are here for you. So subscribe to the channel. You can find me on Twitter at Seth underscore D I E W O L D. You can follow me on YouTube. Same first and last name. And you can uh, go check out the work of our writers like Tyler, Matt Babich, Joel Yabara, Theo Greminger, John Lobb was added to the team. Dan Williamson, the list goes on, Aditya Foldiore, the list goes on and on and on of the talented writers that we have here at Player Profiler. And for my money, and I say this a lot, there is no better free content in the fantasy football space 
then there then you can get on playerprofiler.com whether it's the player pages whether it's the articles whether it's the tools that are available to you free of charge some of them like there's this adp tool right now there's player bios that you can check out all of it's free now we'd love you to subscribe to a paid service if you like and those are incredible as well but there is nothing nothing beats player profilers free services so go check that out today and tyler what do we always say to to end the show are we going with the new one or the old one uh i'm i'm still going with both i'm still doing both do you do you have like a catchphrase like do you want to have you thought about this you're putting me on the spot here i don't have a coin catchphrase yet i don't think no okay we'll think about it for the next time can i say yours though can i say yours (laughs) you may you may say that you may say the precious words Nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you. The people that get the site and get the show.